You're listening to BBC Radio Cleveland with me, Alex Hall. The other night, I did something I do quite frequently, actually, and I was in my car, and I was travelling up a very, very steep hill. Now, you know, we know Sutton Bank's steep. It wasn't like that. It was much steeper. It was practically, it was practically vertical. It was so steep. And I always think I'm going to roll back, but somehow I managed to get to the top of the hill. And when I got to the top of the hill, I was just dangling on the edge, you know, like you do. Do you remember um, in uh, the John Hart, what's, what's that thing? That thing with Michael Crawford? Um, mum, it's something, mum. What's that thing with Michael Crawford? You know, where he was really daft. Some others do have him, that's it. You know where the car was dangling over the edge? Well, my car was dangling over that. I've done that quite a few times, actually. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I've come through it. Um, on this occasion, I came through it because Eric Sykes was sitting next to me and we just got engaged. So, <laughs> yes, it's true. This was a dream. <laughs> It was a dream. It was not a nice dream. It was a very horrible dream. The Eric Sykes bit was all right, even though he is 85 and deaf, but you know, whatever. But the dream, the dream is a recurring dream I have, and not very nice one, of always climbing up hills. Now, I think I can see where we're coming from on this one. Sometimes the symbolism is apparent. But why do we get nasty dreams? People say you eat cheese before bed and you get nasty dreams. I don't think that's true. I've been known to eat cheese before bed to see if I can get an interesting and vibrant dream. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes Sometimes it doesn't, but why does it? And how do we get rid of those dreams that we hate, that scare us? Mark Pritchard's with us now. He's top-selling British author of the book, A Course in Astral Travel and Dreams. Mark, hello, and thanks hello. for joining us this morning. Hello, Alec. Hello. Um, do even you get bad dreams? I, I don't anymore, actually. I haven't had them for years. Oh, have you not? No, it's, it's, I know it's a bit unusual, but uh, I, I don't know. Well, I, well, that's very interesting. Is that the Welsh in you? You know, pragmatic and down-to-earth and sensible. It could be wandering on the hills a bit too much, you know. <laughs> yes, you see, there's the Irish in me. It's fanciful, you know. Sadly, I don't see leprechauns and uh, the Blarney Stone. Sadly, I see very steep hills, and that's quite a scary one. But apparently nearly 20 million of us suffer from bad dreams. Why do we get bad dreams, Mark? Well, we get bad dreams because of what's inside of our minds, basically. If we look at what we watch on television, a lot of it isn't uh, isn't pleasant. You know, we really like uh, horror films and we like crime and murder and arguments and things like that. That's that sort of thing which likes it is inside our psyche. It's it's part of our minds, and when we dream. That just kind of lives out. It becomes real for us, and we get caught in these um, these images and these scenes, and it just sort of carries on. You know, sometimes your dream continues. It's what's been going on in your day, or you've got something difficult to face the following day. You can kind of understand your dreams. It seems like they're trying to tell you something, aren't they? Sometimes they are. Sometimes they are just um, projections from the subconscious. So the things which we're preoccupied with during the day and things which we do during the day then form this model in which we, we operate at night. And uh, then we, we dream in this, this um, imaginary world. But sometimes there are clues that we can get from our dreams about our lives, about the things that we, we do or could do, um, and, and also about ourselves because we can learn a lot about ourselves from looking at our dreams. We can see... Um, what's within us, basically, from looking at dreams. 
So, okay. Well, what about the dreams that we do have? I mean, apparently most people dream about um, the teeth falling out and being chased. And I've had the teeth thing, although I don't think I've ever been, well, I've been chased a bit, but not in my dreams. Um, but why do we dream? My mum used to say, if you dream of a tooth falling out, it means you're going to lose a friend. Yeah, that's that's known in South America as well. That's what they say, that if you lose a, a tooth, a, a good friend or even a relative, you're going to lose or it's going to become seriously ill. Oh, that's terrible. But, I mean, that's nonsense, isn't it? Well, I don't know statistically um, what how it relates. You know, I don't know whether there have been surveys done or things like that. But uh, the things that we do uh, see in our dreams, they can have a symbolic meaning. Um, yeah. No, you go on. What, so what kind of things are we looking for that would be symbolic? Well, virtually anything that you see there can have a symbolic meaning. Um, that you're being chased, that um, you see certain uh, animals, um, crowds of people, being in the dark there, certain dates, all sorts of things. If you see somebody dying, all sorts of things can have a symbolic meaning. And if you look into ancient um, text, um, mythology, and even certain religious texts, you can, if you, you hunt through, you can find a certain common symbology starting to emerge. And this common symbology, you can really apply to dreams today. You know, so it, it's something that we as people have been looking at for a very long time. And really, I think we've lost it a bit. Well, they're starting to be a bit more interested in it now. Well, okay, I have a recurring dream that my hair, which is sort of shoulder length and blonde, I dream that it's very short and brown. And I hate that dream. I wake up and I'm clutching my head to check that I've still got my hair. Now, it's cost a great deal of money to get my hair this blonde, and it's cost, <laughs> taken a great deal of time to get my hair this long. And, you know, why do I have this recurring dream that I've lost it and it's gone back to how it was, say, five or six years ago. Well, white hair can mean a kind of a spiritual birth. No, it isn't white. It, it, I dream of it being very brown. No, but you want it to be white. No, well, it's blonde. No, I don't... White hair. No. No, blonde. That's what I mean. Blonde. Oh, blonde. Oh, right. Be careful. <laughs> oh, There's sorry. a big difference between <laughs> blonde hair. Like old, you were having a white moment there, weren't hair. you? Yeah. All right. So then how that relates to your... your your brown hair, then, is how, if you want it uh, blonde and it becomes brown, is that right? Yeah, my hair is blonde, but I dream that it's gone back to being brown and short. Right, so it's, it's gone back to being uh, not what it could be spiritually in that, in that particular thing. But, I mean, a dream has many different interpretations. And really, you can use your intuition to work it out. And uh, you've got to learn to trust your intuition and, and learn to use it as well. Because I could give an explanation. It might not be the correct one. So, you know... You, so we've got to work on interpreting things ourselves. Yeah, you get like a general picture from yes. uh, reading about symbology and things like that. But then really it's down to yourself to use your intuition to interpret your own dreams because they're personal to you. You know, they, they tend to be personal to the, the dreamer, although there is this common symbolic language but it can be interpreted in many different ways and have many different intonations depending upon the, the person's life and so on. Mm. Do some people have more bad dreams than others? 
Yes, definitely. A, a lot of people suffer quite a bit from bad dreams. And I know there's been a travel lodge survey done um, which says about 20 million people have a bad dreams at least once a month. But there was an even bigger survey done uh, in Swansea University which, says, which surveyed about 100,000 people. And it said that uh, most people have more bad dreams than have good dreams, than have happy dreams. Oh. So really this is something that's, that's afflicting most people throughout the world. Well, I'm glad I'm not counting myself in that. I have more good dreams than bad ones, and I remember them all the time. Um, I, but my bad dreams are bad, and they're all about uh, quite satanic things going on. I'm always clutching crucifixes and chucking bits of garlic around the place. But we'll talk about those dreams in just a moment. Um, if you have bad dreams, give me a call, 01642 Do you have more bad dreams than happy ones? Do you have bad dreams that you just can't really understand why you have them? I don't know how many people have said, oh, I had an awful dream, something terrible happened to some one of my loved ones. And it doesn't mean it's going to happen at all. And, and I've had all those dreams and none of those things have happened. But give me a call. Tell me your bad dreams. Let's see if we can fathom out. And we'll also be finding out from Mark how to make a dream diary as well. And maybe that can influence our dreams. 01642 Well, uh, we've got uh, Mark H. Pritchard with us now, who's uh, an expert on dreams. And Julia in Sedgefield has just uh, called in uh, Mark. Uh, Julia, you say you've started a new job. You work very closely with a male colleague. You're very happily married, have no interest in this man, but you keep having very risque dreams about him. What does this mean? This is a common thing, isn't it, Mark? Yes, it is, because... The man depicted in the dreams may not be um, what she thinks. She, he could symbolize something. So in her subconscious, she sees things in him, if you know what I mean, that are part of herself. And when she dreams about him, he then kind of represents something within her um, in the scene that takes place there. Right, that's very reassuring because I think most of us over the years have had d dreams of um, uh, a somewhat X-rated um, uh, nature of highly unlikely people and, and for the most part people we've never even considered in that light. You know, I'm sure many people have gone into work one morning, looked at somebody and blushed when they remembered what happened last night. <laughs> but, um, and that's it. And, and, you know, and that explains why I got engaged to Eric Sykes in my dreams. You know, a charming yeah. and lovely yeah. comedian, but a man whom I've never had the remotest sexual interest in. <laughs> that's right. So, uh, Julia, I don't think you should be worrying about that one. Just don't tell him, because if you tell him, that's the thing. If you tell him, he'll be looking at you in a different way as well, so watch out. Yeah. Uh, okay, 01642 if you're having bad dreams. Tell us about this dream diary and what we can do to kind of influence our dreams, Mark. Well, a dream diary is very useful because um, you then have a record of your dreams, which you can go back over, mm -hmm. and the more that you study dreams, the more you begin to understand them. So dreams which you didn't understand um, six months ago, let's say, you begin to understand um, as you go along. And if you don't write them down, then you really forget them, even though sometimes you think, oh, that's an important dream, I'll remember it. Before you know it, it's gone, you've lost the, the details and everything. So it's, it's very useful to keep a dream diary, and you keep it soon after you wake up. If you wake up and you keep still, don't move, you'll find it much easier to rem remember your dreams in the morning. So once you've gone over your dreams and then you, you, you've woken up and you sit up and then write down the dreams in your dream diary. 
Is this, are strange and complex dreams more likely to happen to women than men? Uh, you know, I, I always have very complicated, memorable, full colour dreams, uh, which I love to bore my other half with in the morning. Uh, but he too has very complicated, and most men I meet don't have those kind of dreams. They don't seem to have them. I suppose if you've got a very creative mind, maybe that's why you get them. Well, men and women do tend to dream different things, just like um, children dream different things to adults, um, and individuals dream different things from each other. It all depends on what's inside the person. Um, so it, it, it's really um, down to how he is as a person, you know, as to what he'll dream. Right. Okay. So the dream diary, the secret is to make a note, uh, first thing, as soon as you wake up, Yes, and don't let anybody else find it. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Particularly people at work you might have been dreaming about. <laughs> yes, that's true. That could affect things very deeply, yeah. couldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, um, I think, I suppose if you're keeping a dream diary, not just dream, making a note of your dreams, but I think it's probably important also to make a note about the things that, um, that have happened that day, say the day before, that have influenced that or what might be happening the next day. So I suppose it would be part of keeping a diary anyway, wouldn't it? Yeah, there's another little exercise you can do. It's like a dream recall, but it's like a dream recall of the day. So at the end of the day, you can just briefly go back over the day, and that'll help you to sort of crystallize the things which, which have happened, which may be significant, in your mind. And if you want to, like you say, you can write them down, yeah. Yeah. So, because if you can remember what happened, then, you know, that's going to make a difference, isn't it? If you think, well, actually, I've got a job interview tomorrow, which is hardly surprising. I mean, I don't know about you, Mark, but I've often, if I've had something to do the next day that was different from a normal day, I've often dreamt that I've done it in the night and then I've woken up and then, of course, the reality is often different, but I've dreamt that I've actually gone and done that experience. Yeah, that's right. Now, the thing to, to watch when you do look at what's happening in the day to how it influences dreams is to look not just at the things that you're doing, but also to look at the psychological state that you have. Oh, because right. it's these states which, um, if they're strong enough, they really produce these dreams of all kinds. So it's the states which are important. So if you've got a, a job interview, for example, and you're looking back over that day, uh, look at your inner state as well. Okay, yes. So make a note of that as well as what's been going on. That's okay, right. as well as the dream. Right. Okay. Let's check out what's happening on the roads. In a little while, we'll be uh, hearing from some people about their dreams. If you want to call us, oh one six four two double two double five double one. Right. Let's hear from you about your dreams. Um, Joan in Redcar. Thank you for calling, Joan. Hello. Hello. Now then, tell us about your dreams, Joan. Well, I have sort of. I don't know what it is not to dream. First of all. Right. Uh, but as a child, although I didn't know it, I used to dream, have this recurring dream every so often, that I was in a big building with stone stairs, and I was scrubbing the stairs, and I caught my finger on a crack. And this used to happen sort of frequently, that I got this dream. And it came about that I had to go into a home, and when I was in the home, the first thing they told me to do the next morning when they were giving us all jobs to do was to scrub the back staircase. And as I was scrubbing it, I caught my finger on a crack. And I immediately realized it was 
exactly the same as my dream had been. And after that, I didn't have it anymore. After it came true, I didn't have that particular dream anymore. Oh, how strange. I sometimes have gone back the next night, um, gone to sleep and finished off the dream that I didn't finish the night before. Um, that was obviously because I wanted to know. But it was peculiar that this actually happened. Yes, I'm, yes, it was strange that that actually happened. I suppose it, you could say it was a coincidence, Mark. That was something that was likely to happen. Well, you could put it down to coincidence. Um, there are other explanations as well. Some people say there's, you can have premonitions in your dreams. And personally, I found this to be the case. Um, although scientifically you can't prove it. So it, you know, it could well be that it was a kind of a premonition. I think it must have been because I didn't know at the time that I was going to become orphaned and end up in a home. Yeah, the, the most common um, symbol for the world which stays really represent uh, is to start something fresh, is to make a new beginning, if you like. So yeah. it could also be due to that, but that's the most common um, thing you get with stays. What I think is, is, is very interesting in what Joan's telling us here, Mark, is what she said almost as an aside that she goes to bed the next night and tries to pick, uh, well, she does indeed pick up where she left off in a dream. Now, I've done that if I've had a dream broken by having to get up in the night. I've got, I've been able to go back to sleep and pick up on a dream. Yeah. Uh, and I know not everybody can do that because so often we have dreams that we're loving because there's so much happiness in them and we want to try and get back into that blissful state. Mm. But it is always happen it doesn't always happen can many people do what Joan did there and and decide that she's going to pick up on it the following night yes a lot of people can do that uh, what you do is you, you just try to remember that dream as you go into sleep and then you can find yourself in the same dream then that's the, the most uh, usual way to go into that but oh, you can okay. also ask yourself another question uh, if you do find yourself in your dream again Try to realize that you've gone back into the same dream and then something very interesting happens. You realize that you're dreaming from those dreams where you go back into the same dream. Okay, Joan, I, I mean, had you made a conscious effort to get back into that dream? Oh, Joan's gone. Okay. All right. right. <laughs> well, perhaps if Joan's thinking the same kinds of things, you see, yeah. uh, in, in her life and as she's going to sleep, she can repeat the same dream. She can go back into the same dream, okay. or it could be something that uh, she needs to learn as well. Okay, oh uh, one six four two double two double five double one. If you'd like to share your dream with us, or text on oh double seven eight six two hundred nine nine five, or email cleveland.studios at bbc.co.uk. Elizabeth in New York. Hello. Hello. Hello, Elizabeth. Tell us about your dreams. Uh, well, this dream, I wrote a little article about it, and I got it printed. Uh, a few years ago in a little art uh, magazine called Down Your Way. This this dream came to me at least oh, 12 years ago. And um, I'd had a very bad migraine and went to bed. And I dreamt the same dream three times. And in it, uh, I was walking down a, a sloping corridor with white floor and walls. And it was very, very quiet and very dark. And then I hear footsteps coming towards me and lights are glistening uh, on the wall at the side. And all I can see 
are some brass buttons, the uniform buttons. I can only see patches of this. And then uh, I woke up had a, the, another dream like that where I see more. Uh, I can see the figure. Eventually, on the third dream, I was able to see the full face. It was of a young uh, sergeant pilot. So I did this drawing, and it's all, gone all funny, yellow with age now. And I was hoping perhaps after the article someone might come forward with any comment, but they didn't. I just want to know, does the gentleman think I should uh, destroy this uh, drawing now, or what he thinks about it? Okay, Mark, over to you. I wouldn't destroy it at the moment because there's still unresolved questions in your mind about it, aren't there? You see, the thing is, it's not anyone I knew. I, um, I, of course, my, my teenage years were all during the Second World War, and I did know several young men, and I did know someone who was, was killed, you see, as happened to a lot of us. But this face is not, I, I can really say, I've got a good memory, is <laughs> not of any, anyone I knew at all. And it's quite clear. I think that you need to look and, and see what you feel uh, that was all about because it seems to be something very personal to you. And uh, use your intuition and, and try and see what you can get out of it. Yeah. From the feeling of it, you know, if you try to work out mm. um, this, that and the other too much with your mind, you won't get it. But try to get mm -hmm. the feeling of that dream, what it really meant to you. Yeah. You'll be able to pick it up better than that. and, and Keep that that um, drawing, so yeah. that you, you know you've got it there to refer to. I see. Yeah. Okay. Right. All right. Thank you for that, Elizabeth. Right, thank you. Good luck. Well, if you've got a question, 01642 If there's something you'd like to ask Mark about your dreams, um, it's funny. This whole thing. There's a kind of area that spills over into maybe it's something more supernatural. I've had. I say it's a dream, and I don't know if it is, Mark, uh, but I've spoken to many people who've had this, and it's if I've just not been feeling great or I've been sleeping at an odd time of the day during the day, and I've been in, which is often happened because I've worked funny patterns, and I've been asleep during the day, and I've woken up because I've heard footsteps in the house, and I've thought, oh, so-and-so's back, depending on who, you know. Um, and I've even heard them walk into the room and sit on the bed. Yet I've not been asleep. I know I've been awake, but that's happened. Yep. So is you know that's it. That seem I've heard that from many people. Have you heard that? Yes, I have different uh, similar things. Is that a dream or is it not a dream? Well, as we're falling asleep, um, we are actually passing into another realm, if you like. Um, people who have near-death experiences. They see that realm very clearly, but when we dream, we don't really see it. We see mostly the model or the projection from our subconscious. But as we're falling asleep, then we're kind of in a transition period between dreaming and being awake, and we're partly in that, that uh, realm. And therefore, things which go on in that realm, if you're in that transition period, you can pick up on, and you can hear things from that, that plane uh, as though they're, they're happening in the three-dimensional world. 
Okay. Uh, again, and it's funny, somebody said something to me yesterday that reminded me this. Um, when I went into hospital to have my tonsils out when I was seven, I came out after the operation and I said, uh, I said to my mum and dad, I woke up. And she said, no, you couldn't have woken up. I said, I did, I woke up. And, they, you know, they just said, no, you didn't. It's silly. Uh, but I described what I'd seen and I said people were in white and it was like I was on a baker's tray. Now, my mum had an odd little job in the cake shop. She worked for a couple of hours a week in. And so I understood what the back of a baker's shop looked like. Yep. And I said to her, yes, there were all people in white and they had these white things around their faces and I was on a baker's tray. Now, I had no other reference and, you know, we didn't have TV at that time. I'd never seen anything like that ever. And I often think I woke up during that operation. Yes, but the thing is, where did you wake up? You know, that's that's very interesting. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> you know, where do we where do we dream? Um, you know, this this these kind of things, they throw up. Um, very interesting questions. Uh, it could be that there were spiritual beings there, for example, who were healing you, you know? But where are they? Where do spiritual beings come from? And um, what relationship do they have with our dreams? Because there are so many experiences of, of being in this other plane or this other place that uh, scientifically we can't explain. Okay, well, let's, uh, yeah, sometimes there are things that can't be explained. What's that phrase? More things than heaven and earth, Horatio. Anyway, Mark, can you stay with us a little while? Yeah. Uh, thank you. We're going to have another tune now. If you've got a question for Mark, 01642 give me a call. We'll talk to Mark. Uh, maybe you've got a dream that you're just trying to get your head around. You're completely baffled by it. It's a recurring dream and you just can't fathom it. And I had a dream that I had many, for years and years and years and years, I don't have it anymore, but there was a very big room, a wide room with a stage all down the length of it. Uh, as I say, it was wide, uh, and the stage was on the, the side you wouldn't have expected as opposed to the long, the end of the long side. So it was down the wide side, and you walked across as if you were looking at the stage as you walked from one door to another door. And I could go quite easily at one flight of stairs, walk into the room, walk right across so far, but then something stopped me about two-thirds of the way towards the next doorway, and I could not get up the flight of stairs at the other end to see it. There was something horrible, evil on the landing. There was something frightening at that end, stopping me getting into that room. What the answer to that one is, I don't know. I might, if Mark's got any thoughts on that one, I'd appreciate it. I had it for years, but um, it's gone now. But I used to go up there. I can see me going up the stairs, and I used to take crucifixes and things. Very frightened of something kind of vampirical. I don't know what. Something scary, something satanic, something horrible. And I had a lot of those kind of dreams. Um, maybe I just read too much Dennis Wheatley when I was a kid, who knows? But hey, 01642 let's hear your spooky dream. Uh, Mary, an email has emailed to uh, Mark. I know you're back with us now. Yep. Uh, Mary and Yarm's emailed. You say, when you were a child of about eight, you woke up crying. When your mum asked you what was wrong, you said your granddad had died and he was all yellow. Your mum calmed you down and tucked you up again. Later that night, your mum and dad got a call. Your granddad had died. When they went to pay their respects, they saw that he was yellow. He died of kidney failure. Your mum always believed your dreams after that. Oh, Mary, that's a spooky one. But an interesting one, as you said there, Mark, earlier, dreams could be premonitions. Yes, that's right. Uh, there are lots of uh, cases of people knowing that their relatives are going to die through their dreams. 
beforehand um, too many really to be included. Is it with somebody who's particularly close to them? Do you think that's more likely to happen? Yes, I think is close then you're going to have more contact and you're going to have more information about them. They're very much a part of your life, you know, it affects you very deeply. What do you make of my dream about satanic bits? Well, again, you know, there are many different interpretations of a single thing, but in that case, I'd say that you were on a kind of a spiritual, um, just in a broad sense, um, journey or whatever in, inside yourself, but there's something negative that was stopping you. When I say spiritual, it could just be a journey of life, you know? Yes, I know what you mean, yeah. Yes, I, I'd kind of interpreted that way myself. Um, but, you know, on the good side, and I know we're actually talking about bad dreams particularly today, but one of my recurring dreams, I haven't had it for a while and I'd really like it again, but it's a dream where I'm in a house that I live in and it's got loads and loads and loads and loads of rooms. And, you know, I open a door and go into a room and think, oh, I haven't been in this room for ages, it's so beautiful. Um, I should use this room more often. And often rearranging furniture and this room thing. And I do believe that's a very positive dream. Yes, it is. What does it mean? Well, the house can represent like what you have or what you make of your life. Um, it, it can represent, in some cases, the body. Uh, there's, there's two different um, versions of that. So yeah, it could apply to either. Okay. Oh, well, that's good. I've never quite seen it's myself... Good, it's a good omen, I'd say. Oh, is it? All right. Yeah. Well, I haven't had it for a while, so I think it's about time I did have. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, um, just a couple of minutes now for Mark. If you've got any last uh, questions with us, uh, give me a call. 01642 Oh, now then. <laughs> yes, yes, the, um, yes, the walking down the street with no clothes on um, dream. Ian's just texted me. What does it mean to dream of being at work not wearing any trousers? It means you're getting a bit absent-minded, Ian, and remember to put your trousers on. Um, Mark, we all have those some kind of a variation of that, that we're somewhere we're not properly dressed. We're indecent almost in some cases. Yeah, very symbolic in the dream world. And sometimes they can, if you, if you see yourself without clothes, it means that uh, things can go badly. And sometimes that's financial. Sometimes it can be do, to do with popularity, so you, you, know, you get a period of unpopularity. Um, so it's not a, a, a good omen, but things which we do see in dreams, we can correct. You know, so if you feel, okay, that's telling me this, then you can, you can go and correct that in your life. So it's good to get something positive out of these dreams, which uh, could symbolize problems. Okay, so we all just need to be a bit more switched on to listen to, or listen, remember what our dreams say, make a note of them, and we might be able to influence them. Yes, um, to look at the symbols in them, but also to look at how we are in our inner states in our dreams. Uh, are we worried? Are we running away from things? And then to look in daily life uh, to see where those states come from. Okay. Um, thank you very much for that, Mark. It's keeping a diary to do with what we're doing in our everyday life and in our dreams as well. Uh, thank you very much for that. Good to talk to you. Uh, thank you for your interpretations. And uh, we'll all be uh, sitting around making notes about who's going out to buy a dream diary today. Me, me. Okay.